0: Hello and welcome to this edition of Community Connections. I'm your host, Chuck Kerlin. Today our topic is the Montgomery County Office of Children and Youth, and with us from the office is Bill Carroll, the Community Engagement Manager, as well as Christina Kane. She is the Foster Home Coordinator. (laughs) Welcome to the program. Thank you. Thanks, Chuck. So Bill, you're no stranger to Community Connections, um,
1: but you do have a new title, and what does that detail? Two of my biggest things are a number one, uh, recruitment of foster families, which I love. We have so many wonderful people that do foster parenting in Montgomery County. But then I also deal with other community groups for things like mandated reporting and finding out more information about our office. And we should take note, you've been doing this for quite some time as well. Coming up in June will be my 30th anniversary with the county. Well, so I really enjoy the people I work with, very much family and the foster families that we work with are amazing people. And I- I love what I do. And speaking of an amazing person, Christina, welcome to the program. <laughs> Tell us a you. little Thank bit you about your
2: mind. responsibility. Sure, so my role with the county is a foster home coordinator. I work with people who potentially want to become foster parents, help them get through the process of the trainings, meet with them in their home, do a walkthrough of their home to make sure it's appropriate, that it's safe for kids to be in, and then really go through the paperwork process. Do they have all their clearances? And just prepping them for that, as well as once they get their placement, supporting them through that.
0: So Bill, as you noted, you've been here 30 years, you've seen a lot of
1: changes, a lot I'm sure for the good. Oh, absolutely. Um, over the years, um, I think we're becoming much more child-focused um, and really uh, the families that do foster care, are um, we're really looking to have everybody work as a team because um, that works best for the child ultimately.
0: So when someone asked you, uh, I'll th- pose this to both of you define foster care what actually is it
2: it's really a family opening their home and their hearts to children who are in need they need attention and structure and uh, they need that connection to be a part of a community and a family and so we're really looking for those people that want to make that effort and want to make that difference that can help our kids in our area
0: and a lot of people should
1: realize that foster care it's not a permanency no, not at all. Our goal is permanency for the children. Um, and what foster care, the definition of foster care is temporary care. Yes. That children um, are in a situation where they do need to be removed from their home. Um, at that point, we do look for grandparents, aunts, and uncles, family, friends, somebody with a pre existing relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, often, though, the birth parent is angry at us for taking their child Mm -hmm. away from them. Mm -hmm. Um, So then if they're not able to give us resources to make a placement, like a grandparent for instance, Mm -hmm. then we turn to our network of foster parents. Um, Because right from the start, we wanna give kids permanency whenever possible.
2: Right. And so we always have the goal of reunification. That's our number one goal, Um, trying to help parents get linked to community services, resources in order to uh, meet some goals and get their children back home with them. So it's our number one priority. However, there are situations where maybe that doesn't work. And so we do look for adoptive resources for our kids, but we're always trying to see if we can get that child back to their natural home. So when a child's
0: categorized in foster care, uh, how does that
1: all come to fruition. What are some of the reasons why a child becomes a f- it, part of the system? Unfortunately, in today's day and age, drugs and alcohol are, are rampant. Um, mental health issues also are another big reason.
2: Yeah, and that really triggers then their housing, their job and, and everything else. So it, we do see a lot of families that struggle with the mental health and the drug and alcohol abuse. So would that
0: be considered like one of your responsibilities to go into the home to determine that this is not a safe environment for
2: the child? Yes, so our agency um, has ongoing caseworkers, and one is assigned to each family. Their role is to work with the family, the parents in particular, to meet their goals. And that may be providing them with resources in their neighborhood, in their area that can help them. um, Counseling services, evaluations, job resources. So that's there to help the family.
0: Mm -hmm. I'm curious too, a child that's put into foster care, is it just here in Montgomery County do they cross county lines? How does that all come? Does
2: yes. Yeah, we do have foster families from other counties. Um, I know that I have some in Bucks County and Delaware County. These families come to us and say, we want to work with you, which is fabulous because sometimes we are placing children maybe on the outskirts and, and are trying to find what's most convenient for the birth family and try to keep them in their school district if possible. So we do have placements in, outside of Montgomery County. Mm-hmm. Is there a lot
0: of... Uh, detailed training that goes involved in terms of like a family that's looking to become a foster
1: parent, do they go become in the system in terms of being trained on how to handle this situation? We do what we call pre-service foster parent training, and that is required of anybody that would be interested in becoming a foster parent in Montgomery County. Our process is that they first go through this training Mm -hmm. and once they complete the training, they can then fill out an application, do their clearances and other um, items that we need them to complete, but that's following the training. We really feel that the training um, sets, sets the groundwork for them to be able to work with our families and with our children.
2: And our trainings rotate being held on weekends as well as weeknights. Um, so one month they may be on weekends, next month we may have them weeknights so we can better accommodate an, anybody's schedules as much as possible.
0: In terms of needs, I, I'm curious in terms of it, this and, there are a lot more kids that need the foster parents than there are foster parents that are willing to take (laughs) them unfortunately
2: unfortunately yeah and we are really in in dire need of foster homes particularly ones that are open to fostering sibling groups Um, you know I know it's a a huge task to take on but it's for the betterment of our kids if we can keep them together with their siblings we're also um, looking for homes that may be able to foster teens or older children I know that that gets pretty scary when you think about oh bringing a teenager into your home Um, but a lot of times that child's brought into care not because of their behaviors or because of things they have done. It may be other you know, environmental circumstances. And so we're we're looking for somebody that can help them.
0: We have someone new with us here in our second segment. This is Jen Peck, who is a foster mom who is taking now Bill Carroll's spot. We'd like to thank Bill Carroll for participating in our first segment. But Jen, along with Christina, um, here in the second segment, I guess we're going to get a little bit personal in terms of letting people know what it's actually like being a foster mom And that's probably the first question I have for you. What is it like?
3: Well, for me, it's a fantastic adventure. It's um, like being... a, I call it myself a professional a professional mom. So we do pretty much what a mom does, unfortunately with a lot more paperwork. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but we are there for the kids. We are there to help them, have, give them a safe, um, happy place to live while their parents are working through what they need to work through to earn them back.
0: I'm, I'm curious is there a number of children you're allowed to have at one time is is there yes a rec-
2: yes so state law says it has to be uh no more than six kids in okay. the home and so you can have kids of different genders that's not a problem um, once they reach the age of five they do have to have their own separate uh, bedroom spaces they need their own personal space especially when they become teenagers but six kids is the limit total
0: and being a foster mom you're not really given the opportunity to say, "Well, I want three boys with blue, blue hair, blonde hair and blue eyes." Or it's basically what's available,
3: right? Uh, you do have you do have a little say into um, you know they'll present the child to you when you get that magical phone call. They'll present the child to you and they'll say, "This is what we know about them," and you can say, "Yes, I'm going to be able to take that child into my home," or "No, I won't be." Um, and I know some people do like to have specific things because of reasoning, like they have other children at home uh, they have to consider, um, but uh, yeah, pretty much it's what they call you with.
0: But Jen, you, you are an Upper Marion resident. Yes, sir. But this isn't the first time you've been a foster mom, so Tell us a little bit about what the experiences were like in other places here in the United States.
3: Well, I started. My husband and I started off in Florida, and uh, we were foster parents there for one child, and then we moved to upstate Pennsylvania, where we were um, with another agency up there, and then we had a number of children there, and then we moved to Montgomery County. So total of twelve years that we've been doing this, and coincidentally, twelve children. Wow. I don't know how that worked <laughs> out, but that's what happened for us. And um, I can. Not say enough good things about the Montgomery County agency that we work with because I have that unique perspective of other agencies. Um, before we felt like resource parents, here we feel like family. Um, they take very good care of us as foster parents and so um, I'm very pleased to work with them as an agency.
2: And I think what helps too is we try to create as much open communication between our foster Absolutely. parents and our birth parents as well as our agency. If we're all on the same page, it just makes it so much easier to work together and it's a better support network for the kids. So I I think that's something maybe we're a little bit more unique with. We really try to make sure everybody's communicating regularly um, and it's not like a separation. Everybody's together. We'll have meetings together. So it it is nice. Yes.
0: Is it difficult to have to give the child back because it's not a permanency. It's usually temporary. And you develop a good bond and relationship most of the time. Well, with 12 children, it must have been difficult in your case.
3: Um, It is difficult. And I tell um, people who are interested in foster care that if it doesn't break your heart, you're not doing it right Um, because you are there to give them a safe place and um, give them as much love as you can. Um, Unfortunately, these kids don't get a lot of that. They don't get a lot of, Um, the stability, the structure, um, the rules, the consequences that they need, that they crave. And um, that's what we're there for. And yeah, your heart does get a little sad when they go, even if it's going to a good place, like you are very happy that they're going or being reunified with their parents or with maybe some other family members, Uh, your heart does break. And I'm in the happy place where some of the kids that have been in my care, I have Continued contact with too. So I'm able to continue to be Mommy Jen to a, a number of kids out there.
0: So, Christina, here in Montgomery County, mm-hmm. is there a time frame in terms of say Jen wanted a child, is the child only in her care for two weeks, a day? two years how' yeah. does that work and
2: that can honestly just vary based on the case I mean we have situations in which there's relatives from out of state that would like the child so maybe we are just looking for a short-term placement and then we have other situations where the child's in care a little bit longer um, the state says we can't have kids in foster care for longer than 15 out of 22 consecutive months um, so we our goal is permanency we don't want them to be in this limbo where they're in foster care um, they need a permanent option so that's typically the time frame we work with however, each case is so different that it can vary
0: you know for a child being in a home such as yours it's got to be a lot more comforting than when they're in i'm not even sure where would the child be if they don't have a home for for them to be assigned to where would they go
2: they uh, so Ultimately, whenever we have a child that we're bringing into care, we'll ask the parents who are their resources. We would like them to be with a relative, a friend, a neighbor, family, somebody. Um, When that isn't an option, then we have to call our general foster homes. Um, If we don't have any open homes at our agency, we do contract out with other adoption agencies, foster care agencies throughout the state, ultimately, you know, really all over. Um, And so we can reach out to them and see if they have anyone available that's willing to work with us. Um, So a child may be placed through a different agency, but still be working with our county.
0: So Jen, you have a significant other. Is he also involved? I mean, is this something that you've taken on, or do you work together as a team?
3: Well, I we started off, and we wanted to include children into our family life. And I always joke and say, you know, we love kids, but the truth of the matter is, is that I love kids. I love everything about kids, and my husband loves me. Uh-huh. So he likes to support, and he's actually um, surprised me on a number of occasions where um, his heart has broken harder, or just as much as mine has. When we've had to send these kids home. So, um, yeah, we we just love being foster parents.
0: And and having 12 foster children, what were the uh, the length of stays uh, on on a whole for you?
3: Okay. Um, First of all, I want to clarify, because sometimes people get confused, 12 never at once. (laughs) We've only had three at one time uh, at the most, Um, and we've had um, anywhere from 24 hours, an actual placement of 24 hours, Mm -hmm. up to, say, a year and four months. That's the longest we've had in foster care.
0: And your experience is, like someone watching this program that is on the fence, what would you tell them to sort of push them over the top.
3: Well, uh, I will give the story of when I first started, because my husband and I weren't sure, so we just dipped our toe into it a little bit. And we started with um, going to some classes, uh, starting with the classes, and um, they had a little mixer for kids that you could go where foster parents could meet um, potential children that needed care or um, a forever home. And I took away from that, when I would look into their little eyes, I would look at them and say the one thing I learned was they need us. They need someone bad that can be there to keep them safe, show them love, um, just be their their parent and they need us. That's all I can say is it's a community. It's part of the service that we can provide for these children. So if you can step up.
0: That's nice. And how how about the structure of it all? I mean, there's got to be some type of structure for these children because most of them are coming from pretty horrible situations. Is that something that you have to sit down and put a game plan together for?
3: Yes. Um, my husband and I had, you have to be on the same page. Um, these children are not used to that. And children that I have learned through the years, they crave it, even though they resist it. They crave the structure, they they're, know. Yeah, they're
2: gonna push your buttons yes. for sure, but they they need those boundaries set in place for them. It's like they a safety that. net for them. Yeah. They
3: feel safe when they know I can't do that and somebody's got me.
2: Yeah.
3: Um, but uh, we we picked a parenting plan that we were going to stick with, and it has done us very well. It's very logical, and it's it works out great because we can just give those kids a lot of love and um, just a net for them. And, yeah, th- that was the one thing I noticed whenever you read their little bios, this child would benefit from st- um, you know, consistency and follow through. You would see that, those words, a lot. And so that's what we do. We just make sure that it's the same rules for everybody and it's always follow through. If we say we're gonna go to the park in an hour, we go to the park in an hour.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: On your end, Christina, dealing with someone like Jen, does it make your job a lot easier? It does. <laughs>
2: and that could be just because she's so great. Um, but honestly, so many of our foster parents are willing to bend over backwards to, have, to make these kids feel accepted and loved. And that is what makes my job a, a piece of cake because they are just so willing and wanting to work with them and, and make sure they feel safe. So it, it makes my job easy. <laughs>
0: Just out of curiosity, I'll go to you first Christina. What's the ratio of families and foster children here in Montgomery County? Sure.
2: We currently have about 125 foster homes and um, a little under 300 children in foster care. So clearly those numbers uh, don't really add up and, and we're in desperate need for more foster homes. Mm-hmm.
0: So if someone that was looking is looking to become a foster yes. parent, uh, give us an idea of what they have to go through to get to that
3: spot. Sure.
2: So initially when people are interested in becoming foster parents, um, they can reach out to our office and sign up for a 14 hours of pre-service training, is what we call it. Um, they'll come and go attend these training sessions to learn about what it's like to have a foster child in your home learn about behavior management, maybe some emotional behaviors that you're seeing. We'll do a training on reasonable and prudent parenting, what you can and can't do as a foster parent, um, and really kind of go through all those steps. Uh, the trainings right now are held in two consecutive Saturdays at our main office in Norristown. Um, however, we have our next uh, grouping of trainings that'll be during weeknights in March. Um, and so in the future, we're also looking to possibly expand that and do it um, all throughout the county, different locations. So not just in Norristown, but kind of meet the needs of other family members, maybe further on the western part of our county.
0: Is Is foster parenting a bridge to adoption?
2: Um, some people come into this thinking that that's what it is, that it's automatically I'm going to foster to only adopt. However, that's not true. Um, really, our primary goal is reunification and to get these kids home in a safe environment. Um, and so we, we don't really uh, we discourage people who come in only wanting adoption. Um, it's just difficult. We don't know that that's going to be the end game until we've really worked with the family. So we're trying to get the child home and do reunification. That's our primary goal.
0: And Jen, the reason why I asked you, being a foster mom, you actually were able to adopt. And what was that process like?
2: Well,
3: the last two that we fostered, we were able to adopt. They were, um, they did not, ha- they weren't uh, able to be reunified with a parent, and there was no other family member that came forward for them. Um, so we were. Um, happened to adopt. So we've got two now of our, cho- two of our 12 have stayed permanently. And I like to say there's no givesy backsies on those <laughs> two. <laughs> so yes, we got them. And uh, we, they, we went through pretty much the same process where they were placed in foster care and we had to wait the six months for their parental rights uh, to be terminated, go through the court process of that. And then once we met all the stipulations, it was just go before a judge and have that happy adoption day. Two times. Mm -hmm. And uh,
0: what were their ages?
3: Um, We have um, a boy now. He just turned 10 um, last week. And we have a girl who is eight.
0: And uh, now the dynamics is what really interests me because they're from different biological parents correct
3: they are and you wouldn't know that to look at them they look like natural biological siblings and they act like natural biological siblings which for a foster parent that's actually a joy you I mean when you can hear them bickering you're like yes this has worked Uh, they are actual siblings Uh, they love each other and um, our son Dominic arrived first and our daughter Skylar arrived second and I can remember him saying to me mommy I don't know what I'm gonna do if Skylar has to go back home and so we were happy to be able to not have her go back we were able to keep her and she's now part of our family
0: well how about if now you have the two yes and you go after another child to foster is there going to be any type of sibling rivalry there as well?
3: You never know. You don't know what you're going to get. It could be instant um, one big happy family, or it could be some work that we've got to work on. But um, like I said, this is our foster adventure. And uh, actually, the two of them at home right now are begging for another one. They're like, we want another kid in the house. So No problem. Everybody's, got everybody's, <laughs> everybody's ready. Yeah, I,
0: I was just going to ask you, Christina, what would the process be now that... Jen has two children mm-hmm. through the program. Is there any limitation? Like, what would they say? It's like, wait a minute, hold hold on. We can't keep... Mm-hmm. Piling on.
2: Yes. And so whenever a family adopts a child um, through our agency, we ask the family to take a a couple month break, three to six months, um, to really integrate as a family as a whole without having caseworkers stopping by monthly, without having to contact the agency if anything changes are there visits, are there court dates? Um, So we really ask them to just kind of take that time for themselves and create their own family, their own norm, their own routine. And whenever they're ready and comfortable, they can contact us and say, okay, we want to do this again. And that's not a problem. And then we're able to work with them again see if maybe the age ranges have changed that they're interested in fostering and um, see if there's any children we can match up with them in their family
3: it is a little traumatic yeah. too for our guys too that we yeah. have to worry about because when they do see those caseworkers coming back in they get a little nervous
2: thinking they're oh leaving. am I
3: going through yeah. this again so it, it's a great just a little you know timeout for everybody
0: yeah yeah I, I was curious that on your end as well because of that the children are young and they see caseworkers coming in. Now now that they're adopted, are you still getting visits or is that is that over?
3: With their biological
0: No no or, will, will a case manager or coordinator oh come to your home to make sure Because they're legally your children now.
3: Right. We have our own caseworker that still comes to our home for our annual review, just to make sure that our home is still uh, current. Um, But other than that, no. Unless you get in the happy situation that, like I said before, Montgomery County people feel like family. So sometimes we do see them um, out in the community, and it's... It's like, uh, oh, there's Miss Melinda, or there's somebody that we know, and uh, it's really exciting
2: to yeah. see them. And we have a foster parent association as well, so um, our foster parents get emails regularly about different events that they may be held throughout the county. Um, whether it's training events, we have a foster care picnic in the uh, September, roughly, a couple other things throughout the year, holiday events, and so you're able to then all to come together, see uh, previous caseworkers, as well as network with other foster parents.
0: Yeah, well, for this show's intensive purposes, you're a. Foster foster mom, but you're really just a mom now, especially to Dominic and <laughs> Absolutely, Skyler, yes. You know, and, and that's, I think, what I'm looking at in terms of, well, if you bring in another foster child, how are they going to What's going to go through their mind saying, "Uh uh-oh, what's happening here?
3: Right. Uh, It is a little tricky, um, but I think that the best thing is that that other child will have that net I was talking about of two children now. Mm -hmm. So those kids will be like um, part of us to help support that other child coming in. If I've done my job right, my two now know that they're loved, they're never going anywhere, they're safe, they're solid, they can now pull that other child into that same feeling.
0: And, and you mentioned the training. Is there is there a Bible for the training? Like, is there a book that, yes. that foster parents have to read this before they move forward?
2: Um, so we do provide each of our families with a foster parent manual, and it really just breaks down probably the trainings they go through just in a paper form. Um, it talks about how we have emergency caseworkers on 24-7, nights, weekends, and holidays. There's always somebody to reach if you need anything. Um, it talks about our regulations. Every year, we have to do a recertification for our foster homes. We come in, make sure that they are um, keeping up with their training. Each foster parent is asked to do ten hours of training a year and that can be ones that we host, ones in the community, maybe something in your job related to child welfare. You saw a movie or read a book related to fostering and those can count as training hours. So we look for the hours. Um, do you have smoke detectors and a fire extinguisher in your home? All of that's written in their manual so that they can reference that and say okay we have everything we need.
0: Speaking of everything we need, I'd be remiss not to ask you to show the book that you put together for Dominic. Yes. I mean, it's very impressive.
3: Thank you. Well, one of the requirements of being a foster parent is that you put together a life book for the children in your care, which is a spectacular thing because they can then look back on the time with you if you can gather before they get to you. So this is Dominic's life book. And um, again, he doesn't have to, he's not leaving me, so this is in our house right now. But every child that has left my care has left with one of these books. And it's really basically just a book of... um, their time with us. This is the things that we do, the things that we expose them to, taking him to the library, playing, you know, with some friends. This is Dominic's first day of school, so that when they leave us, they have this. Um, And for Dominic, you know, he keeps his hidden in his room and, you know, whenever I need it for these kind of things, he's like, are you taking my book? So he's very happy to share it. But this is his life book of the first year and a half that he was with us. Um, Just of his basic everyday life, you know, pillow fights in the house and the things um, Halloween and Christmas and the things that you go through as any old child would. Mm
0: -hmm. That is it's very neat. It's uh, something I'm sure he cherishes.
3: He really does. He looks through it and he's actually pointed out a few of my spelling errors. (laughs) (laughs) And so, um, yeah, he actually loves this. He looks through it quite a bit.
0: That is, that is something else, definitely. And, and I've also noticed this book, uh, Maybe Days. Yes. What what does this detail? to tell?
3: Um, this is a book that they give you at your um, graduation, foster parent graduation. And um, one of my big things is read with your children. Um, read all the time with them. And this is a book that's devoted just for children in foster care about the maybe days. Am I going home? Am I going to see my mom? The questions. And it's always maybe because you don't know yes or no.
2: So it's a lot about. Yeah, it really helps the kids try to understand the situation that they're in, especially the younger ones. They don't may not really understand what's happening, and they have so many questions that the Maybe Days book is a helpful resource for them to know that they're not alone and that it is normal for us to say, we're not sure and, exactly. and see what's going to happen tomorrow.
0: Speaking of questions, I have one yes. final question for you, Christina. <laughs> Someone watching this program yes. and they would like to get involved, how would they go about doing so?
2: So they'd want to contact our main number at our office It's 610-278-5800. And you can ask to speak with Bill Carroll, who was on previously, or you can always email Bill at wcarroll at MoncoPA.org.
0: Well, Jen, Christina, I'd like to thank you for being our guest thank here you. today. Thank you. Also, I'd like to thank Bill Carroll from the Montgomery County Office of Children and Youth, And from all of us here at UMGA Television, I'm Chuck Kerlin. Thank you for watching.